This week, the reverse stick goes Calypso as we speak to Raya Richardson, Secretary of the Trinidad and Tobago Hockey Board. There's World League results and our very first giveaway. And welcome to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name is John Lee and I'm joined every week by Matt Allen. How are you, Matt? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, John. It's great to be back here once again. Just want to start off by um, a little apology to you. Uh, last week it was rather rude of me and I didn't ask you how you got on the previous week and find out what your on-field exploits had been. So uh, we, we've got to get double bubble out of you this week. Uh, do we wait to the end or do you want to know now? No, we'll do it at the end. Okay. Ah, well, what else have we got coming up on the program tonight, apart from my hockey results? Uh, so, we've reached the end of the Hockey World League semi-final, and it hasn't come soon enough for me. Uh, <laughs> not, not because, uh, not because I, uh, the, the hockey hasn't been great and uh, the tournament been fantastic. I've just got fed up of saying the Hockey World League semi-final quarter-finals, the Hockey World League semi-final semi-finals, and the Hockey World League semi-final final. Finally, we don't have to talk about it that, like that anymore, and we're, we're moving on to the Hockey World League Finals. So if not until we get to the quarterfinals and the semifinals of the finals of the Hockey World League Final. Well, I have to say that again, and that's coming on later in the year. And we'll get to the World League again very shortly. We will indeed. A couple of other things we'll be talking about as well a little bit later on, and we're also featuring an interview tonight, as we mentioned in the introduction, with Raya Richardson. She is the Secretary of the Trinidad and Tobago Hockey Board. Really interesting lady. Yeah, it was fantastic. One of our aims with the show is to try and get a little bit of an insight into the, the true globe of hockey and find out what's happening, not just with the larger nations and playing in the competitions of the like of the Hockey World League semis and finals, but also get around to those smaller nations and see what they're doing for hockey, uh, maybe what we could do to help them for hockey uh, in, the, in the nations that are really trying to grow the sport from a, a small base. Well, I think we can put it in some sort of perspective. They're ranked 35 out of, what, 136 countries in both men's and women's, and they have a population of 1.35 million people or, or thereabouts. That's right, and, and about 500 active hockey players, which we'll, we'll go on to um, hear from Raya. In they the are, yeah, they're punching way above their weight. Yeah, and there's, there's obviously, it's people like Raya that have the passion for the sport, and, you know, she was keen not to, you know, sort of blow her own trumpet with it, um, and, and talk about those that have gone before in the role and the team of people she's got mm. around, but it's exactly people like Raya, um, that are, uh, just doing wonders for the game and, and really keeping a, uh, hockey, in the calendar, in countries like Trinidad, when they're fighting so hard against soccer, against athletics, against netball, um, it's it's a real tough ask. Absolutely, lots going on. And there's been a bit going on in the world of hockey, Matt. <laughs> there is indeed news. That's my second attempt at doing the, the <laughs> news, North and we'll see how that comes out in the, um, in the, in the playback. <laughs> So yeah, a few a few interesting things. We'll, we'll talk Hockey World League in a moment, but something that really piqued my interest uh, that was announced yesterday, um, and a bit of a surprise, but not when you read into it, is that Surbiton uh, in the UK have decided to decline their entry into the Euro Hockey League uh, for the next round of it. The decisions given are uh, related to the Commonwealth Games coming up and that Surbiton would likely lose potentially up to 14 of their squad who would be required to uh, play for their nations in the Commonwealth Games uh, so that would be players playing for England, Scotland, Wales and Canada 
and they felt that it would really weaken their chances. So the opportunity has now gone on to Holcomb to represent England in, in the competition. Just a, a couple of things that were written. The Surbiton's club captain, Mark Waller, said... After our men's one's fantastic achievement of being crowned men's hockey league champions last season, it's regrettable that we've had to take the difficult decision to withdraw from next season's Euro Hockey League competition. But the clash with the 2018 Commonwealth Games means that Surbiton faced the prospect of losing up to 14 players, who would therefore not be available for selection for the Euro Hockey League. This would mean that we would send a severely weakened side to compete at the knockout 16 stage, which would not only undermine our reputation, but also undermine the Euro Hockey League competition. And uh, I, I think it's a, an absolutely admirable start. Uh, the interesting question that it brings up, and we haven't heard yet from the Hockey India League, sorry, from the Hockey India AGM, is will we have similar clashes with Hockey India League? Will we have those clashes with the Hockey Pro League when it comes around? And uh, it's going to be interesting to see where people's lo- loyalties lie. Yeah, uh, that's often been a problem with any major sport trying to have these sort of competitions that they're trying to have. You're going to have a clash somewhere sooner or later, and it's unfortunate that it's hit one club specifically hard. It seems to be that if there was one team that was going to be hit by this sort of cross-fixturing, it was going to be them, and they're they're the unlucky ones, you could call it. Other Other teams might have lost one or two players. And yeah, still well, being able to go, but these guys obviously you can't just take your whole team away. Essentially. No, no, no. I, th- I think that other teams will will struggle the same, um, but yeah, maybe not to the degree that Surbiton uh, will do. And for me, I think I think it's an admirable decision to make, and good on them. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, we will from time to time. Obviously, you want your hockey authorities to avoid these sort of things, but every now and then, it is going to happen. There are going to be odd occasions where you know the exception proves to be the rule. And Matt, another piece of news that's come out this week that I found on the international the news website. Uh, the news.com.pk so it's coming out of Pakistan and that's that the Pakistan Hockey Federation has started making plans for the revival of international hockey in the country after it got the green signal from the Pakistan Army for extraordinary security arrangements for the Pakistan Hockey League and a visit of a World Hockey 11 now according um, to the Chief of Army Staff, General Omar Barwa, he has assured the PHF President Brigadier Khalid Kokar that the Army would provide security for the revival of international hockey in the country. Now, on the face of it, I like the idea that we can play international hockey again in Pakistan. It's a bit of a worry when you have to ask the Army and not the FIH if you can have matches there. That's right. But it's a start. Hopefully it can lead to bigger and better things for Pakistan hockey. Well, Coco informed the news that the pledge had boosted the confidence of the Federation. We have started our planning to organise the matches. PHF is going to organise many activities in the country in the second half of this year, including the visit of a World Hockey 11, the Pakistani Hockey League and a nine-a-side event. So it all seems very positive. Now you'll remember back to the uh, selection of the nine Hockey Pro League teams, the original nine, and Pakistan are, of course, set to play their games in Scotland. Uh, so yeah. where that quite fits in with the plans, I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, the PHF secretary also went on to say that they're making great efforts to use his personal contacts with the great players of Australia, Germany, Holland, New Zealand and England uh, to play a two-match series in November. What really caught my eye was the, they also announced that they were planning a Hall of Fame 
which was honouring ten great Olympians, five from Pakistan and five from outside the country. Now, is that hockey Olympians? And um, what sort of criteria will be they using to pick the five? Would they be people from other countries who've had a, been directly involved with Pakistan hockey or been tremendous ambassadors for Pakistan hockey or just fan favourites? Well, would, would, would you mind betting that those five from out, outside of the country might be featuring in those the two uh, exhibition games that are going to happen? Oh, it depends who they are. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure they're going to attract guys at the top of the game that are, are busy in all sorts of competitions that are going on, and obviously that close on the lead-up um, to the Hockey World League finals. Uh, but, you know, who knows, maybe some, some recently retired guys might, might be an option. Uh, although it does have a sentence at the end of this story, Matt, that is bound to get both of us shuddering in our feet. Um, during November and December, it would be the right time to launch the PHL. That's fine. He said the format, logo and other things related to the PHL would be discussed against at length during the PHF's executive board meeting with the experts of the game and marketing gurus. It's always good to have a guru in that part of the world. Oh, especially when it comes to marketing. It's interesting as well that, you know, if that's a potential November, December, we've, we've heard that there may be a change for Hockey India League from January, February to the end of the year, November, December. Could we see a clash of, uh, of the competitions there? Well, who knows? Well, basically what I think will have to happen in the end is that the, the world hockey community will just have to organise itself around what the FIH says is its major tournament, the, the Hockey Pro League. And that's what will happen. That's what we'll have to do. Yeah, well, but, but of course the endorsements are there at the moment for uh, Hockey India League to be part well, of the calendar they? and have. Well, they, they are still there. The memorandum of understanding is there. Well, there's no money. Well, that's yeah, that, <laughs> look. We're, this is we're going to find all this out. I mean, maybe the uh, the Pakistani Hockey League or the Pakistani Super League, whatever it might be. I'm actually reading the Pakistan Super League. I think that might be something different, or maybe a spelling incorrection there. It's good to see that Pakistan hockey is trying to move forward and, and taking steps to bring themselves back into the international fold, even if it does mean the army, you know. Yeah, Remember, we're, we're up for two tickets if they play India. <laughs> that's right. But, no, but it's, there's been, obviously, in India and Pakistan, there's always been an involvement of military, whether it be playing um, or coaching, or involvement in the... Uh, upper echelons of the administration of the game you'll find in Pakistan a lot of brigadiers and generals yeah. in, in those uh, higher positions and not just in hockey either across all sports that's right yeah 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 well league results because now we sort of know now we've been through the quarterfinal semi-finals that's right so we're wrapped up in, in Joburg now uh, so we saw the USA women win on the shootout in the final against Germany um, in the women's side of the comp. Uh, the USA had a fairly strong competition, you know, nothing, nothing too sparkling. But to be honest, across the board, I think the most goals scored in the game was, oh, no, tell a lie, I was going to say five, but in the finals there, England uh, beat Argentina in the, the third, fourth playoff game. But there was a lot of very, very close games and, and teams were upsetting each other. Uh, the host South Africa actually beat the USA. Argentina beat the USA 4-0. Uh, in the pool games so it just goes to show again there's lots of opportunities to get to the top ranking and win the big games in these tournaments if you just hang in there and you don't finish in the, the, the bottom spots of the pools they also the USA ended up with the best player of the tournament in Melissa Gonzalez and the best goalkeeper Jackie Briggs 
uh, and Jill Whitmer was the, the top scorer. So of the awards that were on offer there uh, for the women's comp, the USA so not only took home the chocolates with the first place, but also did very well individually uh, for the awards. So on the men's side of things, the Belgians were victorious in the final game, also beating a German side. Uh, quite remarkably, they, they scored 37 goals through the tournament, Belgium. Uh, they're pretty faultless. They got some big scores on the board. Uh, they had a, a close 2-1 victory over Australia in the semi-final. And it has to be said that Australia then went on uh, in the third, fourth place playoff game to smash Spain 8-1 um, that was after Spain had just missed out on the shootout in the semi-finals um, against Germany to make it into the final uh, the individual stars and the winners of the awards on the men's side of things the best junior player was Arthur Van Doren from Belgium the best player was Mats Grambusch um, of Germany the best goalkeeper Kiko Cortes from Spain and the top scorer uh, for the, in the men's competition was Tom Bone of Belgium and uh, yeah, he, he really inspired his team and drove his team on through the competition and has proven to be a real superstar of the game. I'm glad you were able to see him play. Did you manage to catch some of him in the end? Because I didn't happen to. Uh, so we, we were lucky to get a little bit of the quarterfinal, semi-final and final action. Um, I did make some more comments on the social media channels of the FIH this week. I did get a response that highlights video uh, will be available after the tournament, uh, there is still nothing popped up yet, so they're obviously busy beavering away, piecing some action together, yeah. and uh, hopefully within the next week or so, the, the wider public all over the world will be able to see some of the, the action that went on. You know, I still find it hard to watch games that I can't, you know, after the fact, and when I know the result, it's, you know, unless I'm being pointed Real towards... Replays are useless. Well, yeah, unless there's some real quality action that you can sort of sit a gog and go, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's quality, it's worth, worth watching. But watching a whole game, I'm not really interested in doing that. No, especially if you know the result. And let's face it, in the, the society we live in now, if you go to the service, it's going to provide you with the replay... Along the way, they're going to have something on their website or whatever it is. It's going to alert you to the fact that this, what this game and this, this game score was. So That's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a bit difficult. Okay, so where does that then leave us, John, for qualification for the uh, Odisha Men's Hockey World League final? And uh, well, tell us well, about the men first, and then we can we can talk about the women. After. Okay, well, for for the men, uh, India gets through; they qualify automatically, being the holders. Now, the first three place teams from the semi-final held in London will go through. So that's uh, the Netherlands, Argentina and England. That's right. So Malaysia miss out. Malaysia miss out because of that uh, automatic qualification for India. That fourth place is essentially taken by India. Now, the uh, top four teams from the recently completed Joburg semi-finals will also go through to the World League final. And those teams would be... Uh, Belgium, Germany, Australia and Spain. So it's uh, it pretty much matches the world rankings as far as uh, which teams are qualified for the finals. Um, there's probably a couple of teams that would feel a bit hard done by. Certainly the Malaysians wouldn't be too happy to miss out even though they came in fourth and having missed out on the Hockey Pro League as well. Um, so, But they do make it to the World Cup. We'll get on to that in a second. Yeah, that's right. So on the women's side of things, so we saw the USA, Germany, England and Argentina all make their way through from, uh, from Joburg. 
Along with New Zealand, I believe. Yeah, New Zealand is the host, um, yeah. but they also finished third in Brussels as well, So, that, along with China, Korea and the Netherlands. So that's the, the eight that will play. So they Auckland. actually got there on merit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's in uh, November, the end of the year, uh, in Auckland and New Zealand. And that should be a ripping competition too. I think women's hockey at the moment, there's not much between, you know, the... Eighth and ninth ranked team, and the and the one and the two ranked team. Yeah, that's right. Well, if you look at it and you go, well, Australia aren't there, and uh, you'd certainly expect to see the hockey ruse at these type of events. Well, yeah, and I'm sure that's hurting the hockey ruse a little bit too. I mean, they're ranked, they're still ranked highly. They're fourth in the world, I think, for the women at the moment. Um, that might have gone down overnight. No, after <laughs> we don't, we haven't checked them at the moment, but they'd be uh, they'd be hurting to miss that final. But uh, they did scrape through to the World Cup, so there's some silver lining to yeah. their results. That's right, and, uh, and there are other sides there in both the men's and the women's competition that have got World Cup qualification through that Hockey World League semi, so I know that Ireland have gone through. Yeah. Um, New Zealand would still be hopeful from on the men's side to go through either through the uh, the local competition, the Oceanic Cup, uh, and even the French still in with a shout there as well. Well, the, the way the qualification's working out is that all the high-ranked teams are there. And the teams that have just missed out are the next ranked in that top 15. Now, 15 teams will go to the World Cup, plus India, the the, the host. And uh, it, it looks at this stage like it's pretty much going to go down to rankings, and the, the top 15 will be there. Yeah, which which I guess if you have rankings and you, you build up your point system over the year, uh, that would make sense. Oh, it would, absolutely. And from a sort of administrative point of view, it sort of proves that your ranking system is working yeah. and that and it functions as it should be doing so properly. At the same time, you still want to see those wild cards coming through on a fluke chance, don't you? You want to see Eddie the Eagle hockey team making it through occasionally. Yeah, well, we, we, we'll we talk shortly and you'll hear the interview that we've had with Raya from Trinidad and Tobago and that's a challenge for them is, is getting the, the quality of opposition on a regular enough basis to get the ranking points, to get themselves at the rankings. They, Trinidad would really love to see themselves break in top 20, uh, but you've got to be able to play the games, and it's expensive to travel. It is. That's one of the big killers for the modern game, is the amount of travel and the, and the cost of that travel. And that'll be something we can sort of chat about in the weeks and months ahead. I'm sure there's going to be you know, lots of different theories thrown up in, in that time period of people putting forward ideas for how we can overcome the obstacles we face. Yes, but, and we've talked about it already with Hockey Pro League travel it's going to be an issue there And now it's time for our featured interview and this week our featured interview is with Raya Richardson she is the Secretary of the Trinidad and Tobago Hockey Board um, just before we get to Raya we do have some important information to spread and it's about our first giveaway. Our first giveaway, we, we won't say, we'll, we'll loosely call it a competition, but it's not going to be too tough to get involved and get, have an opportunity to win. Uh, so we're, we're trying to build a bit more awareness of the podcast, and uh, so we'll just, we're going to have a little bit of a go doing it this way, and uh, so what we've got uh, today to give away to you, and there's only one copy of this to give away, so don't everybody get excited, uh, is a copy uh, of a book by Ashley Morrison, who we mentioned before, so Ashley's a commentator, uh, mainly with hockey, but also covers a lot of other sports. He's written some good books, uh, has made some great movies. And, yeah, he uh, you know, he's, he's, he's an all-round uh, good guy in the sporting world. So the book we've got here today in front of us is Australia's Hockey Grail. Uh, I'll just read you a little bit off the back cover. So every four years when the Olympic Games comes around, attention turns to the Kookaburras, Australia's men's hockey team. 
For over 30 years, the Kookaburras have been ranked in the top five teams in the world. Frequently in the period between Olympic Games, they sweep all before them, winning major tournaments across the globe. Yet, Olympic gold has proved extremely elusive. Why? It's well, a I'm good not, Yeah, but I'm not going to answer that question now, because you can, you can find out with the book. So you can get hold of the book at AshleyMorrisonMedia.com or through his uh, 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 blog, Not The Footy Show. And uh, so we've got a, a signed copy here. A little competition we'll get to do, and you're going to have three ways to enter. Firstly, if you're on Facebook, you can go to our page. There'll be a competition post pit, uh, pinned to the top of our feed. All you've got to do is tag a mate in the comments section below. Every person that you tag, that will give you an entry into the draw. You can head on to Twitter. Uh, we will tweet a competition time tweet. All you need to do is retweet that to your followers. Or there's a slightly more simple method. John, tell us about that. Well, for those of you who aren't quite as uh, au fait with the socials as Matt is, you can do it as I would, and that's send us an email. And on that email, put down the name of the person you told at your club bar about the Reverse Stick podcast. So just sidle up to the bar, have a chat to someone and say, oh, have you heard the Reverse Stick podcast? Oh, you should have a listen. Then send us their name by email. That's or right. get your kids to do it. Or get your kids to do it. And the, the email address to get in touch, admin at net. That's the one. Right now, we turn our attention to Raya Richardson. She was a fantastic person to uh, interview. And it was a, an interview that had some difficulties. Raya was travelling home from work and that involved being in the car. And I think uh, some blind spots and some tunnels and a few other things along the way as well. Um, got in the way of our interview, but she was a great sport and she stuck with it. And in the end, it was an, a really enjoyable conversation. And do, do have a listen out for the neighbour's dog towards the end of the interview. Joining us today on the reverse stick, all the way from Trinidad and Tobago, is the secretary of the Trinidad and Tobago Hockey Association, Miss Raya Richardson. Raya, good afternoon. Hello. Good evening, how are you? We're good, thank you. Thanks so much for joining us today. We are really looking to forward to, to finding out about the Trinidad and Tobago Hockey Association. Before we get on to that, I'd really love to know about your hockey history and, and how you got into the game. Uh, I got into the game at the secondary school level. I was still in my school, Trinidad Hills High School, um, and I just had... I liking for hockey. I joined. Our school was competitive and very successful during that era. So you know, they attracted a lot of young girls to the sport. Me being one of them. So that's how I started off. <laughs> is is hockey uh, for, at that age basically around schools, Raya? Is it or is it a club thing? It's played. It's both schools and clubs. So we do have a, an active schools league. Um, secondary school and within the past couple of years we started with primary school leagues we do have a good club structure where young girls and boys from the schools um, join clubs and also clubs will have their own programs to introduce young persons to the sport so what, what sort of age would uh, a younger player start playing senior hockey in the, the senior competitions there we would have some young players under 19 because that's our lowest age group division. We haven't gone lower yet. We have some under 19 players who will play in the championship division, which is our premier division. They may be around the ages of 14, 15, playing at the championship level, mainly getting exposure, playing against some of the older and more experienced players, some national players at that particular uh, league or division, I should say. 
So, Ray, can you give us some idea of the, the history of the hockey in Trinidad and Tobago? Where does it come from? Is it bought by the colonial English at some stage? All right. Hockey, just like rugby, they're all colonial sports, brought in by the English when England uh, settled in Trinidad and Tobago in the 1700s. Um, and from there, it has, it has remained with us. We are one of the few West Indian or Caribbean islands that have retained the sport. Uh, we have Jamaica, Barbados, and also Guyana, who also play field hockey within this region. Um, from there, um, just like rugby, it is also a family sport, um, I guess, coming from its roots. So you have generations of persons within a family playing these sports in the country. So the, the recurring theme we get with hockey people is that it is that generational game, it is a family game, yeah. it's good to hear that it's no, no different with you than it is anywhere else. No, it is, it is, it is. So facilities-wise, you, you've got your National Hockey Centre, is that the only AstroTurf, artificial turf pitch that you have on the island? Yes, it is. It is the only AstroTurf we have. Currently, we are working with government to spread the sport. Uh, we are supposed to, uh, we're working towards uh, getting a new surface to replace the old surface that we have at the National Hockey Centre. That surface is about 10 years old. And with that, we're looking to move this existing turf uh, to another facility and then lay the new turf at the National Hockey Centre. Uh, with the aim to, of course, spread the sport to other areas of the country. Uh, the sport of hockey is really uh, uh, north-centric or, sur or it surrounds the capital of Trinidad around Portisville and environs. So we're looking to go to the other areas of the country, south and um, further east, to spread the sport. So do the different clubs that, that participate in the competition, I understand there's about 15 clubs, is that right? Yeah, yeah so, so, clubs, actually. so all fixtures are played on the turf, is there any grass hockey played and do, are there any club rooms with grass fields elsewhere away from the National Hockey Centre? Right, grass hockey is only played in Tobago generally, uh, when we go, because Tobago is also part of the club, there's one club in Tobago, Paradise Hockey Club, and they are part of our, uh, uh, they are member of the Trans-Tobago Hockey Board, so we have home and away matches for the Tobago team. Paradise seems to be an appropriate name for a club in a place <laughs> like Tobago. It is, it is, it is. So that's the only um, time we will play in our Premier League Championship Division on grass. So just on to uh, your international teams, you, your ranking for men's and women's are both at 35 um, in the world right. at the moment. And wh where do you see the future for your international teams? I, I understand there's the, quite a lot of the, the better players up sticks and go and play their trade in Europe or down here in Australia where, where we've, we've met some of the guys over the years down here. Uh, is it hard to get your, your top players and, and the, the full side together? Um, outside of the few that are outside, uh, that are not in Trinidad or they're out playing their trade, a few in Australia, Quan Brown is in England. The majority of the team is in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, so getting the team together is not that difficult. We will just have the few, as you mentioned, outside and then when ready, because we know they're playing active hockey and they're playing good level or a higher level of our club hockey wherever they are and they just fit in seamlessly into the team.
You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast, and we're chatting with Raya Richardson. She is the Secretary of the Trinidad and Tobago Hockey Board, and it'd be a fun place to head to if you ever wanted to go and have a few games of hockey. I reckon those folks at Trinidad and Tobago would be more than happy to uh, set you up with a game. Perhaps you're on holiday there. I don't think you'd uh, ever want to leave the place by the sounds of it. No, it's the sort of place I could get pretty comfortable living, that's for sure. Well, let's get back to Raya and uh, find out a bit more about her and her role and what goes on with hockey in Trinidad and Tobago. Looking forward for Trinidad and Tobago hockey, what, what's the next step you guys want to take? We really want to be able, World well, Round 2 was an awesome tournament for our team, and, and that's where I start. Uh, we know our guys have the potential in 2016 and Junior Pan Am Championships. We know our young men have the potential to, to medal. It was unfortunate how things played off, but we know that those guys have it within them to reach a different level or to the next level, I should say. Um, we would like to take our hockey to the point where we're probably in the top 20, or we could start gradually top 25 and top 20. It is a challenge because we are faced with um, possible, well, mainly money, and you need money to go to that level, money for, for advanced um, coaching assistance, money for young guys and girls to travel, um, to compete against others of a higher standard for them to experience a different level of hockey. That's where we would want to go. Um, that's where our strategic plan wants us to go. But the mitigating factor or the limiting factor is really money. You guys are involved in the, the Pan Am Cup coming up in the States. Is it a, a struggle to get up the world rankings? You've obviously get a, got to get the world ranking points, which means you've got to play against a lot of international sides to get those points. So, right. yeah, if you're, if you're not playing against them, then it's very hard to improve your, your position on that ladder. So what are, what are the aspirations for the, the Pan Am Cup for the guys coming up? We're looking to finish in the top four. We've had some persons um, not being available for this tournament, which would make uh, it a bit difficult. Um, but I know we have a young couple of guys very eager. A few of them came out of really wrong too. We have Kwame Brown with the team with a few experienced players to anchor these young fellas. So I, I think with, with good work and with some stability, we should be able to meet that target, hopefully. Now I also noticed that the women are putting in an appearance at the Pan Am Cup. Could you tell us anything no, about that? Not for 2017. I mean, I would have probably focused a lot on the men, which is on, which is unfortunate. Um, but no, we they took part in the World Grand Tour in West Vancouver. Um, we're looking for the women. We're looking for them to take part in the Pan American Indoor Championships, which will be held in Guyana in October 2017. So yes, there's competition for the women, and next year they have CAC games, which will be a qualifier for the Pan American Games, and that game is a qualifier for the Olympic Games, which will be held in Japan 2020. Is there a, a cultural difficulty in Trinidad and Tobago with getting women involved in playing sport, or is it something that you guys, men, women, it doesn't matter, everybody's involved? In years gone by, we haven't had a problem with getting women, young girls, involved in sports. Within the last three to four years, we've realized 
um, or we've recognized that we have a winning participation of young women in sport. It has been a struggle to get them interested and to keep them in the sport. And it's not just hockey. It is um, any sport in Trinidad and Tobago right now. When I speak to my counterparts in the other sporting organizations, they too experience the same problem. Um, girls are interested in other things. They're, they're bright. They, they want to settle down. They want to focus on their education, family, and other things. And um, they choose what is the priority for them and follow that path. Yes, I, I have a 16-year-old daughter, and um, she's very much interested in other things. That's the best way I can put it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it has been something we've seen, like I said, within the last three to four, two to three years, and we have to find a way to, um, to keep them interested, to make the sport or sports in general attractive to them. Now, I did read you're part of the uh, Trinidad and Tobago Olympic Committee and I read that recently the elections have taken place and for the first time you've got gender equality across the, yeah. the group there. I, I was very pleased to see that. And that's obviously something that's been a struggle in the past. It has been and it is good that we can move forward um, in this way. Uh, one of the mantras we have at the Trinidad and Tobago Olympic Committee is futures female. And we want to focus on female, knowing or seeing the struggles and understanding the struggles we have and to empower women to be in this sport and to remain in this sport, either as a young person coming in or a young um, player coming in or as an administrator. Young girls and women can recognize and identify women in this sport. Now, yes. just from, from your perspective... We don't know a lot about the, the hockey economy, but we do know, know that no one in a position like yours is doing it to get rich. And I just wanted to know what drives you on a daily basis to keep pushing forward with, the, with Trinidad and Tobago hockey. That's a very interesting question, a telling question. What drives me? Um, I see so much potential. I see so much potential. Um, but we need really and truly the resources to make it happen. And I think that's what drives me, to be able to make the resources available. Most times I may not be successful, but the few times that I am, it's a little victory for me. So that mainly for, I take it at the bigger level, our national teams, for them to get the opportunity to get the little things that probably the larger hockey nations will get, uh, the ability, the ability to, to travel. Just for pre, pre, tournament camp, you know, to get ready for a tournament. At the lower levels, it is a joy really and truly at the development stages to watch these young players, primary schools and secondary schools, partake in our little tournaments. It is a joy to watch the under-19s and to see how they've developed and grown, to be a part, to be, to be, to be the future of the sport. It is a joy. There are, of course, drawbacks. You have to deal with the politics of it all and other little negatives, but... um. It is really the hope to see great things happen that drives me. And we have, and like I said, as a board, and personally, there are little victories that you see from time to time that spurs us on. Ray, just before we let you go, I do have another question. You mentioned their travel and about, you know, getting your teams to travel and to get top quality competition. Um, 
<laughs> I was wondering if you guys had an over 40s tournament coming up anytime soon, because I know 15 blokes sort of <laughs> like to travel to you. Uh, are you interested? I, I think I could find a few fellas that would be happy to come to Trinidad and Tobago to play hockey. And coincidentally, last weekend, or this weekend gone, we had the Vets tournament. And it is really, really very fun and comedic <laughs> to have a Vets play. It's really, it's really the most relaxing hockey out. Raya, that's, it's been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. Um, it's great to be able to share a little bit about the story of Trinidad and Tobago hockey with our listeners. And uh, where can people find out more about the game in Trinidad? Is there a website or a Facebook that you can point people in the direction of? We have a Facebook page, TT Hockey. Um, we also have another one, a second one, TT Hockey Fans. Um, there you'll see what is going on in Trinidad and Tobago hockey and stuff. We have a website, a bit complicated, but I won't go into that one. Uh, <laughs> we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Yeah. So there's plenty of ways that pe hockey. people can find out about TT Hockey and uh, and connect right. and, and support. And, and connect. And if anybody yes, wants to throw any sponsorship your way, you'd be happy to take it. Of course, of course. Um, once the money is good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Raya, thank, thanks so much for thanks so much for your time and uh, and good good luck with the future of the game. Matt and John, thank you for your patience and thank you for your time and for doing this interview. And that was Raya Richardson. She is the secretary of the. Trinidad and Tobago Hockey Board and it was great to chat to Raya about the state of the game in her country and some of the issues that they face and gee they're doing a lot of hard work that ranking, ra a ranking world ranking 35 for a country like that and you know the obstacles they face that's tremendous they are really punching above their weight well they are and we, we've also talked before about the hockey fives format and uh, certainly for countries like Trinidad and Tobago it would seem to make sense as a, a way to uh, perform at a higher level and against higher level teams on the international scene. They've obviously had a lot, a lot of very good hockey players come out of Trinidad. And of course, we can't forget Quan Brown, um, who is, uh, you know, a big star in the UK and is often back home in Trinidad and does a lot, a lot of work with the kids there. Um, on a personal level, I met Quan when he was down here in Australia playing for our club down here and he spent a lot of time with uh, the younger guys within our club and there's, there's guys now that are, that are pushing for uh, Kookaburra selection that have really learnt from, from Khan and uh, are, are grateful for the time that he's put into the, their game and, and generally into hockey. <laughs> So that's about it for another week for us, John. Um, we did mention at the top of the show I wanted to find out how you'd got on in the past couple of weeks, so tell us a little bit about oh, that. Let's see. Uh, last week, 4-1 uh, victory. Uh -huh. uh, no, the week before 4-1, and on the weekend uh, it was a top-of-the-table clash, 1 versus 2. We got two goals, so that makes us number one, and the opposition only got one goal, so they're number two. Now, um, I happen to know your goalkeeper, Ross. Uh, yes. Has he kept any clean sheets this season? Yeah, he's kept a couple, yeah. We've only let 13 in for the season. That's very We're good. doing all right. Very good. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, 22 goals up on 
goal difference in four games clear. He's got to be careful with his headphones as his head swelling just a little <laughs> bit there. Um, so yeah, that's it for another week, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, thanks for everybody that's. Uh, don't forget the competition. Oh, don't forget the competition. Just just to leave us a couple of little bits of feedback coming through. Not so much feedback, but we love it when you uh, retweet or or share things on Twitter. So Stephen Dawson, thank you very much. Just listen to my first at the Reverse Stick podcast. Good stuff. Um, and also, here's me scrolling down the screen. Thank you very much to Rob Abbott. Also, something new and different for hockey fans. Give at the Reverse Stick Podcast a listen. Hashtag Hockey Family. Uh, and how did you go last week? Uh, another win. Um, five points clear at the top, but there's, there's nothing nothing cer- <laughs> certain just yet. Don't forget, look out for the competition. Uh, head on to Facebook.com, the Reverse Stick, or on Twitter.com, the Reverse Stick, and uh, either retweet or tag a mate. And we'll be back with more hockey next week here on The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast.